something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton, coming to you from inside the secret broadcast cave of the Phantom Radio Studio in Lake Wales, Florida, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. PBA Hall of Famer Len Nicholson was instrumental in developing the PBA Lane Maintenance Program in 1971, and it is still referred to today. He was a founding member of the Bowling Foundation, which was created to find solutions to scoring issues in bowling. Len has been with the Kegel Company since 1995. He was also a recipient of the Bowling Industries Flowers for the Living Award and the John Davis Award in recognition for his contributions to the sport. And now the Phantom and his friends are hosting the Phantom Radio Junior Bowling Club. The Phantom will tell you more. So Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. Well, Phantom fans, this week we have yet another very special guest to talk to as we continue to interview who's who in the world of bowling in each and every area of our great sport. And our guest this week was with us a few weeks ago, and I must apologize for a few technical difficulties that we had during his show. And for some unknown reasons, we had some excess background noises, there were some skips in the sound, and there were parts that were unclear and had to be edited out, all causing the show to run short. Well, the good news is we have that guest back and we promised to get it right this time. So we were able to get to know a little bit about our guest and I want to know a lot more about him because there's a lot to know, but we want to know him better. So the only way to do that is have him out here time and time again. And I want to do that. So Phantom fans here with us again is Brandon Steen. Hi, Brandon, and welcome back to Phantom Radio. Hi, Len. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Well, it's totally our pleasure. I've done a lot of research on you, and I've got about four pages of questions. We're going to get through about one more of them today. So I hope that you're going to be prepared to come back in the future because I want to pick your brain. That's the only way I've learned anything. We want to pass it along to our listeners because that's one of the things that John Davis wanted us to do was pass along knowledge and information and not hide anything from any of our listeners because they're here to learn. So we bring the best of the best on our shows. We ask them a lot of questions. We learn a lot from them. But I want to talk to you a little bit more about your coaching. One of the things I want to ask you is who were a few of the people in your bowling life that really made a difference in who you are on the lanes today? Sure. I, I definitely have some strong influences that all pertain to different parts of my bowling life. I guess early on, just getting me started in the game, uh, there was a gentleman, a proprietor by the name of Rich Petrie. Uh, he owned West Bowl Lanes up in Wisconsin. I had moved up there for a couple years and very small town, didn't have a lot to do. Rich gave me my very first bowling ball. It's a Johnny Petragula uh, LT48. Said his had his name engraved on it, uh, Rich's name. Uh, so that was kind of special. And he really, really started a passion and a fire burning on uh, how I enjoyed the game 
and really kept me going, gave me my, my first real job in a bowling center, bussing tables, working the Friday night fish fries, uh, helping him out around his little eight lane center, just a great guy. And uh, so he kind of started me, my passion for the bowling side, the business side. I had a couple of key people also. Uh, Adrian Erickson owned Cadillac Lanes in Waterloo. He was really the first person that took the time to help me understand the bowling as a business, how things should work, how to treat people, how to plan, how to keep your eyes and ears open to your um, constituents. Because you really, you know, in the bowling business end of things, you really have to listen to your to your clients. And uh, he, he taught me a lot um, on my way to go work for Brunswick down in Texas. And when I was there, Tim Dooley was my general manager and he taught me a ton about the bowling side. He helped me learn a lot about running tournaments. Those two really helped the business side. And then as I get into my little bit of my older years, I still always feel like I'm on my way up. You know, it's, just a, it's a never ending cycle. I'm always learning, always learning couple gentlemen here locally, Fran Amy and Joe Engelkiss, they're, they're some of the legends in our area. Just watching them, learning how, watching how they handle themselves on the lanes and how they handle themselves as men, that, that taught me a lot. Without them ever saying a word, all I had to do is watch. And they're just great examples. And then recently, as I've really got into more of the youth development, Dr. Jerry Weems has he taught me a lot on the mental side on how to handle the kids. And then Deandra Asbady, she runs the elite youth tour out of Chicago. And I know, you know, Deandra well, and she's been on your show, Len, just watching her, the belief and true passion she has for the kids that's rubbed off a lot. And I've, I've learned a lot just by watching her as well. I could go on and on just about the people who've had a big influence, but those are some key ones. You know, uh, it's remarkable how many people that you use on the way up, you don't really use them, but you borrow some of their knowledge and information that they have. I don't want to talk about myself, but I, I'll never forget the day they called me to tell me I was going to be in the Hall of Fame at the PBA. And man, I got an overwhelming rush in my brain. And I started thinking about all the people that have been involved in that. And it steered me in the direction of a, a book it's called No Man is an Island. In other words, you know, you don't invent everything yourself. You've got to borrow from somebody else. And it takes you half an hour just to think about the people that have helped you on the way up. And you're exactly that way. Uh, you're passing out uh, nice, nice posies and rewards to the people that helped you on the way up. So uh, I know you've been in the Hall of Fame, too. We're going to talk about that at another time. But in this one, we're going to be talking mostly about the coaching that you have have amassed over the years but you know when when you were here with us the last time uh, we talked about the success that your son has had so far in bowling uh, can you briefly tell us how you groomed rush your son into being the bowler that he is at such a young age sure that's actually one of my favorite things to talk about so once once rush hit the age of i don't know three or four we started just putting a ball in his hands. We took him down to uh, bumper league. Once we kind of realized that he really enjoyed it, we started progressing him little by little and it was a joint venture. So I had to really start stepping up my knowledge as well. 
Um, so I really started diving into the coaching side of things, learning, going to different clinics. So I could make sure that I'm giving him the best information. I read a lot of things that uh, Andy Dirks had put out about kids and their timing windows for speed and power. Went to Kegel. Well, I went through USBC. You know, I got my bronze and silver, and then I went to Kegel and to a couple of their master classes. But once we started actually working with Rush, we spent so many hours in the basement, uh, lots of drills, lots of uh, fun drills. So like when we were teaching him how to do his arm swing, I would, I got a old jug of milk, a carton of milk, a two gallon deal, filled it with water and he could just swing that back and forth and throw it into the couch. Spent a lot of time on the floor in the basement with him, rolling balls back and forth, back and forth, a lot of video, but it was super key when, especially when they're at that young age, you have to find ways to keep it fun for them. Because when they're young, they're just all about unadulterated fun. I was really fortunate. He wanted to keep going and keep going. So it was it was easy for me to keep you know moving the needle for him because he wanted to do it. During COVID, we set up, uh, we made a lane back in our backyard, set up mm-hmm. pins back there. So he was bowling out in the grass, <laughs> on the grass. And still doing our uh, lessons, you know, he, it's, he's constantly, constantly learning. And, and even when we didn't have a dedicated lesson, he was still learning because he's getting the repetition on things that we've already worked on. And then it was easy for him to take it to the lanes. And it's been one of the best experiences of my life. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that uh, him having a, a straight A average in school uh, makes it a lot simpler. You don't have to threaten him. You know, if you don't get good grades, I'm not going to take you to the bowling center. How do you keep him, you know, motivated? Because he seems like he's an excellent kid. Yeah. Um, from the school standpoint, first of all, we're blessed. He's he's a pretty naturally intelligent kid, which is which is nice. His mother is a big motivator on that. You know, she's. Uh, she knows exactly what he needs to get done and and make sure that he's that he's doing that. But he's he's a smart kid and does a lot of that on his own. Do you care if I take one little detour just on the bringing him up? Not uh, at all, because I'm going to pick your brain forever, my friend. Okay, so a real big key for Russia's development as a young kid, I believe, is you know, I said we we do drill after drill after drill, but we were never in a hurry to move him up quick in weights. You know, we wanted him to develop his his physical game and especially that that release, which you know in the modern day is much different than when you and I grew up. So having that light weight in your hand really was a big aid to him uh, being able to develop into what he how he throws the ball today and. That's a, a big message I try to give parents all the time because as parents on Saturday morning, you know, you're sitting back watching your kid hit the pocket with a seven pound, eight pound ball and leaving five sevens, five tens all day long. <laughs> and the first thing it's, and it's natural that, you know, parents want to put them in a heavier ball to help them knock down the pins. And, and it's just a backwards way of thinking, not intentionally, um, but just because they don't know any better. And so that's a thing that I've really tried to relay to parents is don't be in a rush to move your kids up in weight when they're young. Boy, that's a great point. Exactly. All right. I got a 
message, actually a text, uh, which we invite people to uh, send us questions. Uh, because as you know, we, we advertise in Boulder's Journal and a couple other bowling uh, applications uh, who our guests are going to be. And we got this one from this fellow named Greg Logan. He's from Fort Worth, Texas. And he says, please have Mr. Steen, the next time he's on, go into a little bit more detail about what he said he learned at Kegel about speed and direction. I'm not sure he got this right. He, he said about direction and speed release. That's probably the way it is. Yep. Sure. I'd be happy to do that. Um, first of all, I guess those are two, those are two classes that Kegel offers in their master's program. The direction class I took during COVID and that was all online, but with direction, I'm going to say that was probably the best few days of instruction that I've, I've ever had. It really laid out the relationship, your body position, how you get from point A to point B and still keep the proper position. You had to uh, really understand the math of things. Um, and when I say that, uh, how many boards to move, how many boards um, the ball should be in relation to your angle and lay down and they teach you focal points and how those relate to proper targeting and proper direction. Got into some really interesting things in relation to the body on how bad direction is causing uh, knee injuries and shoulder injuries. Dell Dell taught a lot of the direction. Dell Warren, I mean, he's a genius. You know, he's he's so smart and so passionate about those things that he really wanted everyone to leave that class understanding just how important direction was and and pounded it into us that if you if you really understand and have a good grasp of how your alignment is supposed to be then and you get your direction good some of the other parts of your game can be off a little bit and you'll still be okay you know if if you're lined up right and your direction is correct if you miss a little bit or your speed's off a little bit hey you're still going to be close you're not going to be in in too much trouble. So that was a great class. I came back really energized from that. Really worked hard. I really worked hard with my uh, high school kids on that. And, and of course my own, who is now one of my high school kids, the speed and release class. I actually went down to the Kegel training center for, which was a amazing experience. What a neat place. I mean, talk about having everything at your fingertips that, uh, and I know, you know, that I'm preaching to the choir, but, uh, Really enjoyed that, and 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 both Dell and Ruben taught um, that class. Ruben got into a lot. I I really got to see how intelligent Ruben's mind is. Holy cow, that guy is that guy is smart. We got to get into kind of what happens after your direction is set up, you know, and and how your body positions affect your arm swing and your elbow and hand positions, and how those affect your roll. We got into tilt and rev rate and axis rotation and really got into pretty deep levels of discussion. They had a lot of videos on on professional bowlers from the years that they were able to show us good examples of different things. Um, probably, though, the best thing I got from the speed and release training was how different parts in your process uh, affect your ball speed. 
So something so early as how you're holding your ball and the first few inches of your push can affect how hard you're throwing the ball because it gets your body put in different spots. And, you know, that is going to affect the timing of your swing and free freedom of your swing. So, I mean, it's really hard to get into it over a short phone call, but very in-depth, very worth every single penny I paid to do them. And I would actually probably like to go do them again at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there's a whole lot going on there in a very short period of time when you're bowling. And uh, the great ones make it look so simple. You know, yes. it, it's kind of funny. We used to watch the pro-ams with the pros bowling with the nine amateurs. And the amateurs would average anywhere from 95 to 130. And they'd be bowling on the same pairs with the pros. And the pros never missed the pocket. Uh, they would shoot 250, 258, 260, whatever. And the amateurs were 115, 114, 112, you know. And they say, oh, we thought the lanes were easy for the pros, but they're not, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd have about one fundamental correct in their game. And the pros would make it look so simple. It's like these major league baseball players just swinging so easy and hitting it over the fence at 250 or 350, or even the golfers that are hitting the ball now 350 yards and it just swinging so smooth. Their rhythm and timing is so beautifully. Uh, it's just crazy. But uh, you know, uh, let's get into one other thing before we have to close off. Um, and that is, I would like to know, and I know you're a humble guy. I, I've, I've talked to you a few times now, and, but uh, what are a couple of your biggest high school coaching accomplishments? All right. Um, well, I've got a lot of them, and I know this is going to sound a little cliche, but anytime I have a kid that has a moment, it can be anything from a, a small improvement to something huge that makes them smile. And I had something to do with it. That is, that brightens my day and makes, makes me understand I'm doing the right thing. I know that's not what you're asking me. So when it, uh, when it comes to me personally, I have a high school team of boys that have won two state titles in the last four years, uh, team titles. Um, we are the defending state champions in Iowa and I, I have every intention on uh, defending that title as strongly as we can this year. Um, a couple of years ago, we had the girls 3A state champion individual um, and runner-up. So we had two of our girls, uh, Sid Wilson and Ainsley McConaughey, bowling against each other in the championship match. As a coach, that's uh, that was pretty interesting. You know, you're in a situation where you can't lose. You're going to get the first and second, <clears throat> but uh, – it was it was a lot of fun. So I've had had the opportunity to have a, a few state titles in in a four short years. I've got the Iowa State Coach of the Year a couple times in in that time span as well. And being asked to be the chair of the Iowa Bowling uh, Coaches Association was an honor of mine as well. And the person that asked me to do it is a is a longtime friend of mine, and he he held that position for nearly twenty years. So yeah, those are some of the some of the high school moments that are um, things that stick out, but always when one of my graduating kids uh, come back and, 
and they tell you how great they're doing in school or at their job. And they, they tell you how you played a part in that. And it's, it warms your heart. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Okay. I hear that you're involved with the YBSF, which is the Youth Bowling Scholarship Foundation. Uh, Can you tell us about what that is and, and your involvement of that? Absolutely. So I think back in 2018, 2019, um, I was reading something or watching something that was on Jeff Rickles' page, and it was talking about a program at Sun Prairie Lanes, a youth program that John and Cher Brunig ran, and they were paying out like $25,000 a year to their youth bowlers just in their program, not, not for doing anything other than just doing things at league. And I'm like, how in the heck is that happening? So I, being the curious person I am, I reached out to John and Cher and they were more than happy to have uh, myself and Angie Erickson, longtime friend of mine, who was actually the daughter of Adrian Erickson, a proprietor I worked for when I was young. So we drove up to Madison and spent the day with John and Cher and found out all about this. They were so good about opening up and just giving us everything we wanted to know, answered all of our questions and came back and we're like, this is amazing. We've been looking for ways to keep kids involved and get new kids involved. If we can start paying them scholarship money, I mean, what better way to, to keep somebody involved, right? Once you have, once you start having them earning some money towards college, they're going to keep coming. So we came back, formed an amazing, uh, uh, we have just an amazing group of people that are on our committee. And so we started brainstorming on ways that we can raise money to do the same type of deal. And it started, you know, a little slow, but last year I think was our third year that we, we paid out money to kids and we paid almost $20,000 to our youth bowlers in our program. And talking about putting smiles on their face and the parents' faces, knowing that you're helping make the next level of education affordable. I mean, it's, it's awesome. And, and for me, part of the fun is I love running tournaments. I love running youth tournaments and we use a couple of our tournaments to help fund that. And I'm kind of the idea guy in our organization. One of them, we have several idea people, but we run the Midwest Youth Main Event, which is our our big um, flagship tournament each year, and yeah, it's just awesome. It's uh, it's something that I I want to keep going strong, and super proud of our committee for where we've come on that in a few short years. Good job, good job. All right, uh, I know we're running a little bit long, but that's okay because uh, I've already talked to my sponsors. When I have you on the show, it might run a little bit long, so. They've always relinquished their time for me to do this. But uh, I need to know a little bit of a report about what happened in last week's or, or two weeks ago, whatever it was, big junior event that, that your boy Rush was in. What happened there? Yeah, um, that was pretty awesome. Rush bowled in the Quad City uh, High School scratch event down in Muscatine, actually where your buddy Mike Berlin's got uh, his pro shop. And a scratch tournament down there in game number three he had his first uh 300 so <laughs> it was awesome he was really excited i you know a couple times he's had the front nine or ten and i've taken a video and then he doesn't get it so i'm like okay i'm 
I'm done jinxing him. I'm not going to take a video anymore. But I looked around and nobody else was videoing. So I'm like, okay, I have to. I'm just, <laughs> I'm going to take it. I had the front 11. So at least I got the last, last uh, shot on film. And um, I'm super proud of him. He was really happy. And yeah, so exciting day. That's awesome. Um, one last thing. Did you get a chance to talk to Mike Berlin when you were there? Nope. Pro shop was closed. So okay, I was planning okay. on going in and saying hi and uh, talking to him about our conversations we've had. And, but no, he was not there that day. Yeah. He, he was tremendous when I saw him back in the early seventies. Uh, unbelievable. Just a guy from nowhere, all of a sudden, bang, he was just a great, great player. And I always respected him, but my friend, the old clock on the wall does tell me we're out of time this time. And, I can't believe how quickly the time flies in the show and it's probably why they say it's the fastest show in all the sports. But once again, I want you to know that I really appreciate you being on with us and giving the listeners all the information that you always do. And I enjoy talking with you. And I want to thank you again for taking the time to be here with us and you take good care of yourself. And hopefully I'm going to have you on again soon. So you stand by that phone. All right. All right, Len. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Well, Phantom fans, that's going to wrap up another show for this week. And hope that you all enjoyed it. You enjoyed hearing and learning from Brendan Steen. And we look forward to talking to all of you again next week. We'll have yet another interesting guest to talk to. And we sincerely want to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling Products, Brad Edelman and his high roller for all that they do to keep us coming back to you each and every week and each and every year. We also want to thank Dave Kowalski for allowing us to start our Phantom Radio Junior Membership Club. Also, a shout out to Brian Hirsch and Sam Villarreal, my other two volunteers. So for Phantom Radio, this is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some love and care and nothing Oh, nothing is going right Close your eyes and think of me And soon